So like I talked about earlier, tonight is Valentine's Day Eve, February 13th, and night one, night one of our relationship series called Relationship Status. Uh, this is a four-week series where we're going to talk about love and dating and relationships and sex. And I know that now that I just said that, I've made some of you uncomfortable. So last year on week one, to help alleviate some of your uncomfortableness, we talked about pineapples. And so tonight, I thought, I thought instead of talking about pineapples, we'd start with another, you know, another topic that's easy to talk about, you know, really everyday kind of things. And so tonight, tonight we're going to talk about ski jumping. We'll talk about ski jumping. This week, I was watching the Olympics. I was watching the Olympics on Saturday morning. I watched a few hours of ski jumping. And ski jumping as a sport seems pretty simple. It's a person on two skis that, you know, climbs out on the top of a big, huge ramp, slides down three inches of ice uh, all the way down the ramp, jumps off, and sees how far they can fly. But the interesting part comes when you start to think about all of the details that make a difference between a really great jump and a jump that sucks. And so tonight, just to ease into this relationship status thing, we're going to talk about ski jumping. So the first thing we need to talk about is this, this idea of under pressure. See, for every Olympian and every Olympic ski jumper, there's a lot of pressure. There's at least four years of prep that goes into them even being an Olympian. They have to practice, they have to exercise, they have to watch what they eat, uh, they have to go to the gym, they have to work with coaches, uh, they have to get financial support, they have to go to competitions, win those competitions, and be the best that they can be in a certain country, even to get the chance to go to the Olympics. And even once they get to the Olympics, it could be as much as four years of work for one or two runs. For one or two runs. And if that pressure isn't enough, it's the thought of competing for your friends and for your family. And that might be a lot of pressure sitting on the top of this massive ramp ready to jump. But then you think about the fact that you are representing your entire nation, your entire country. And I can't begin to think about the pressure that these Olympians feel sitting at the top of that ramp getting ready to jump. But for a ski jumper, for all the pressure that they go through, all the prep that they go through, in the end, it's their individual effort that makes a difference. It's their individual performance. Whatever result that they record, whatever result they get on that day of competition is up to them. And when I think about pressure, this idea of under pressure, I think about those YouTube videos where they show hydraulic uh, hydraulic presses squishing things. How many of you guys have seen those videos. Yeah, so I knew a few of you wouldn't have seen them before, so I I made up this, you know, montage just so that you know what I'm talking about. So It's this this idea of being under pressure. So we have ski jumpers that are under an immense amount of pressure to perform, to live up to their training and and their practice and their exercise and and representing a nation, and we have this hydraulic press demolishing things. But here's the thing. We all all deal with pressure. 
And when it comes to love and dating and relationships and sex, there's a lot of pressure out there to live up to. A lot of pressure to live up to the standards that are commonly accepted by our culture. Here's just a few of them. That dating is just another fun activity. That your worth is based on gaining attention and approval from others. That your self-worth is wrapped up in being in a relationship. That your social status can be raised or lowered because of your relationship. You may, society says that you may feel the pressure to do things or try things because it seems like everyone else is doing it. And you hear and experience ideas and thoughts that devalue love and dating and sex. Just like ski jumping, just like ski jumping, the results of us dealing with the pressure of our friends and our culture and social media on all of us, we have to deal with that. And so there's this verse, James 1, 3 to 6, tonight we're reading in the message version. It says this, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing, believingly, without a second thought. See, here's the, here's the, the deal. Pressure reveals character. Say that with me. Pressure reveals character. When, when everything is stripped away, James in this passage says that pressure will reveal one's true colors. I thought about these, the video of the hydraulic press, and I thought pressure can either force us to do something we would normally not do, or it can refine and reinforce what we believe. Listen to that one more time. Pressure can either force us to do something we would normally not do, or it can refine and reinforce what we believe. When a ski jumper is standing at the top of that ramp, ready to push off, ready to jump, it's how they deal with the pressure in that moment that shows their true character, shows the depth of their practice and their readiness to deal with the pressure. It reveals a lot about their character. And they can either let the pressure get to them, or they can work through that. They can stand up and act in spite of all the pressure that they're feeling. And the same is for us. The same is for us. How we react when we feel our worth is linked to likes and followers on social media. When we are told that sex doesn't have to wait until marriage, that it doesn't matter what you watch on the internet, that you should date as many people as you want, that it's the only way to find the one for you. See, I could list tons of different things that culture and people try to tell us that we're supposed to buy into. But how we respond to the pressures that come with love and dating and relationships and sex, how we respond to those pressures really reveals a lot about our character. Number two is this. There's this sphere of influence. Don't worry, we're going we're gonna to bring this back to ski jumping. There's a sphere of influence when it comes to ski jumping. There's a lot of different outside things that come into play when to make a great jump or to reveal a jump that isn't so good. Wind, temperature, humidity, timing the takeoff and the jump at the end of the ramp, 
obtaining an aerodynamic stable flight pattern. You can see this guy, my favorite, just watching them like fly. Have you guys seen this before? Am I the only one that watches ski jumping? It's awesome. <coughs> the spandex suits and all that stuff. Uh, the gravitational force, the lift force, the drag force. Any combination of these things can either make a great jump or hinder a great jump. I was watching on Saturday morning as they showed a graph of all the different, different wind variations. And they would, they would uh, wait sometimes to jump off. A number of the t- times the skier would be ready to go and their coach would stop them out of safety in order for them to, to wait to jump. All of us have a sphere of influence. P- factors and influence that pressure us. Family, friends, social media, books, movies, music, commercials, the internet, magazines, articles. I could go on. All of these things easily play a factor in our decisions. The, ma- the decisions we make and the choices that we feel are available to us. What influences will you listen to? How will you respond with the choices that you, you are told that you have? As we talk over these four weeks, we'll talk about a certain set of beliefs and a certain set of, of values. And your parents may have similar values to me. They may have differing values to you. Your small group leaders may have different uh, plans for some of their, their kids as they grow up. All that stuff. There's all kinds of messages that we're hearing. What influences will we listen to? How, we will, how will we respond to the choices we are told we have? How will we interact? Will we go with the majority or will we stand up for what we believe? Matthew five thirteen to 16 says this. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, not only do we have to deal with our own pressures, our own sphere of influence, but the fact of the matter is that you, sitting there tonight, are part of a sphere of influence on other people. Sometimes it's so easy for us to just think about the ways in which we're affected by other people and other people's decisions. But the fact is that the decisions that you make, the things that you say, your beliefs in things are affecting other people in their spheres of influence. And we are called to be salt and light in this passage in Matthew. To stand up in situations. Called to act differently to those around us. Jesus uses this salt metaphor in Matthew 5. And it would have been easily recognizable by the people of his day. See, scholars have identified no less than 11 different functions that salt would have played in, in their time. It was a very valued commodity in the ancient world. Salt had so many uses, but probably the most common was to impart flavor to bland foods. The job of salt wasn't to make you think how great the salt was, but to heighten the taste of the food that you put it on. See, you, are, you and I are called to be salt of the earth. We need to stand up and live out what we believe in light of the pressure and the influence around us. We have to give the world a taste and a glimpse of who Jesus is. 
And we can do that with the decisions that we make and the times that we decide to stand up, especially when it comes to love and dating and relationships and sex. Jesus also calls us to be the light of the world. Do people light a lamp and put it under a basket? Do they light a candle and hide it? We can't, on the one hand, have this relationship with God that we say we care about, that affects us in certain ways, and then when we have chances to illuminate situations, when we have uh, decisions and choices that we get to make, we can't just all of a sudden forget about this relationship we say is so important to us. Now, we... In the, in the face of pressure and influence, have a role to play. We have the ability to let God's light shine through in those situations, in those decisions, in the midst of being different, rather than bowing to the influences of others. The last thing is this, this idea of responding and reacting. With all the pressure that comes for a ski jumper, for all of the outside influences that they can't, um, they can't control. There is this moment when they finally decide to push off that all they have left is to respond and react. To believe in their practice, to believe in their preparation, to, to know that everything that they've done is for this moment. To respond and to react. And the fact is that as we talk over these next few weeks about love and dating and relationships and sex... That the more that you understand the pressures around you, the more that you understand the influence that people have on you, the influence that you have on others, hopefully the better you will prep yourself to be able to respond and react when choices and decisions come your way. I came up with this acronym today, and we're going to go through it, and then I have these cards for you to take. You can put them in your Bibles, you can put them on your mirror at home, you can put them on your, on your bedside table, you can throw them out if that's what you feel like doing, but I think this stuff is important because I think this is stuff that every single person has to deal with. So here's the acronym. ACTS. Okay? Aware, critical, truth, stand. I'll go through them here. The first one is aware. You have to be aware that there are pressures. You can't just go through life expecting that the pressures are never going to get to you, that you're never going to have to make a decision about these things. And you have to be aware of the influences around you. Not just, not just the subtle influences of, of people that we even trust, friends and family, uh, or social media and stuff, but also be aware that the influence that, that you are to other people. Got to be aware of that. And be aware that there are going to be choices and decisions that you will have to make now that could affect the rest of your life. We're going to talk in a couple weeks that there's no magic reset button. There's, it's not like you can just do a bunch of stuff now when it comes to love and dating relationships and all of a sudden when you get married that there's a giant reset button that you get to, you get to push and you get to forget about all those things. You can't. <clears throat> there are choices and decisions that you'll have to make now even in grade 7 and grade 8, grade 9, grade 10, grade 11, grade 12 that may affect your relationships in the future. Number two is critical and this might be the hardest one out of all of them is I, I would want you to critically think about things. Critical thinking is just a way of evaluating things rather than just taking in everything that you hear. There's a lot of this stuff on the internet and, you know, fake news. 
The only, re- the only way we know fake news is it either sounds crazy or we critically think about what's being said to us. We evaluate the validity of what is being said to us. And we need to critically think about the things that we're being told about love and dating and relationships. We need to think about what we are being told from movies and music and social media. You have to think about the images that you're seeing and the lyrics that we sing. <clears throat> I was thinking about this today and I was thinking about some of the top 40 songs that my nieces and nephews sing. And it's not until I hear them sing those words that all of a sudden I'm like, that is a terrible song. And they shouldn't be singing that. And they might be at an age where they don't really understand it, but somehow that has, that has gotten in them. They've memorized those lyrics. They're able to sing those songs. And so it's even things that to this point you might not have ever thought of. But there's a lot of stuff in music and movies and even advertising that portrays uh, women in a certain light portrays uh, what men should be in a certain light, and you have to be able to look at that stuff and evaluate what's good and what's worth taking. What is real? What is all an act? Even with your friends, sometimes we, we, make it, we think that all of our friends are doing something, and yet it may, just be, it may just be something that they're portraying on social media. It may not be authentic. What are we portraying on social media that isn't authentic? Think about what will happen if you go along with a decision or if you don't go along with a decision. You have to be able to evaluate situations, evaluate what you're hearing. You have to be critical. T is for truth, a truth that you can hold on to, a truth that you can come back to. The Bible is here to read, to study, to be a guide, to direct us in these things. Back in in James 1, the first passage we read tonight, it said... If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. God's not going to look at you like you're weak or you're worried about or he's, he's wanting you to live a certain way. He just wants you to come to him in situations. And there will be situations where you don't know what to do or you're conflicted. And maybe it's a situation where you're too embarrassed to come to a leader or come to me or come to your parents. So go to God. Ask him what you should do. There's, there's truth in every situation. And the last one is stand up. It's okay to say no. And it sounded cheesy when I wrote it today, but it's really true. You guys need to hear this. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no when your friends are trying to show you stuff on their, on their phones or... Uh, when you feel like you need to post certain things on social media or you need to act a certain way uh, in the hallways of your school or it's just okay to say no. It's okay to wait. And we're going to talk more about this in a couple weeks. But it's okay to wait. It's okay to have patience when it comes to these things. It's okay to be different in your thinking. And that's tough. It's okay in a group of people for you to be the only one that, you know, doesn't believe a certain thing or wants to choose to do something differently. It's okay to be different. And it's easy for me to stand up here and say that, but you need to hear it from me. It's okay to be different. It's okay to say no. It's okay to wait. It's okay to be different in your thinking. Love, dating, relationships, and sex are all things 
created by God. God wants us to be in relationship with one another. He wants us to experience love. He wants us to be able to get married and all the things that come with that. God created that. There are definitely good things to come, but you have to deal with the pressures and the influences that happen now. And the decisions that you make and how you deal with it now, even though there is forgiveness, even though there is hope when we mess up, there is important decisions for each and every one of us to make when it comes to these issues. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you created love. That you love us so much that you want to have this friendship, this relationship with us. That no matter what situation we get put in, that we feel backed into a corner, that we feel pressured, that we, we are trying to deal with the influence, God, that you have clearly stated that we should come to you and that you can help us. God, it's so easy sometimes to just go with the crowd, to go with what everybody says should happen, to just make decisions for now and to forget about the consequences for later. But God, because you designed this stuff, you have a plan for each and every one of us, God. And I just pray that we would be aware of those pressures, that we would be aware of those influences, that we would be aware that we are strong enough to make the right decision when it comes our way. That we are not alone, that we're not the first person to ever make that decision or come against that problem, God that you are there with us, that you love us, that you care for us, that you want what's best for us, that you want us to experience all that, all that there is with love and dating and relationships, God, but there's a time for that to happen. We just thank you for how much you love us and you care for us. We thank you that you've been here tonight, that you have been with us as we talk about this stuff. I pray that you continue to be with us as we go to our small groups tonight and continue this conversation in your name. Amen.